God damn it. <laughs> I'm glad I caught that. Right as right as it happened, I was like, record. Nice. This is why is this always so hard? Guys, intros are really hard. They're so hard. I think this is a perfect intro. Welcome to the Fick List. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast where we read we seriously read and review fan fiction yeah. that we send each other. 100% sincere. Absolutely. We're not making fun of it cuz we love it. So, what are today's tags, Aaron? Uh, today we are reading Hurt Comfort, which Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Who doesn't love a hurt comfort? Um, and also the AU for today's episode is fake dating. Oh, so good. So good. Who doesn't love a fake dating? AU. Why don't we launch in with the first tag? We're going to start with hurt comfort. What's hurt comfort, Aaron? Hurt comfort is basically any story where someone is like gently suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else is like, I'm here for you. We're going to make you feel better and it's going to be fine. It's the, it's the equivalent of, like, just a little peril. <laughs> the, the slightest amount of peril yes, that possible. Just a little peril. But also, the flip of that is, like, the idea of somebody comforting you. Right. So Aww. you're hurt, and then there's comfort. That's <laughs> fairly self-explanatory. Right. Which is much different from real life, where it's just hurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo! Hot takes on a Saturday morning. Yeah. It's not morning. It it's not. fully it's, afternoon. It is three in the afternoon. Uh, can you tell that I woke up and then immediately jumped out of bed to get here? Yeah. Uh, I woke up at 11 a.m. this morning and went, fuck, I still have one to read. Uh, and of course, it was the longest that I sent you. It was the I longest one, but oh, it was no. really good. Anyway, so we're going to start with her comfort. Yeah. What did I send you? You uh, sent me... That's a good question. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me... Took All the Trees and Put Them in a Tree Museum by Orban Garrow on Archive of Our Own. It is a Marvel Cinematic Universe fic. Uh, the summary is, Steve's homesick for the past and Tony can't cope with the present. Moving on is easier when you aren't doing it alone. And it starts with a dictionary entry of the word nostalgia. Which I kind of really love when fics do that. Like, right at the beginning, you're like, ooh, this is going to be important. It's a theme. Yeah. I really liked it. Yay, I, I en- good. I enjoyed myself. So the, the whole thing is that, and the summary is a good starting point, but Steve uh, Rogers, is that his last name? <laughs> yes. Woo! Uh, Steve. Proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. It's Steve Rogers, um, post-Avengers 1, goes to the Smithsonian every Sunday because they have an exhibit of all of, like, Captain America stuff. So it's like his old journal where he used to doodle things, his radio and stuff. And he essentially goes and he's nostalgic about it and thinks about how he really wants his stuff back. Because he knows he can't go back in time to it, but he, he would like to have just a little bit of it. And I don't know exactly... Oh, yeah. So he re- he reads the plaque and realizes that it's like on all the items are on loan from Stark Industries. Because I, I guess Howard Stark had something to do with Captain America. I think it's the sec- the first Captain America movie? Yeah, if you remember the first Captain America movie, which Alan doesn't, I but do it's not. fine. <laughs> um, Howard Stark is part of the team that turns Steve Rogers into Captain America. Oh. He helps. Well, in this story, Howard is dead. That's <laughs> true. He is also dead in the movies, eventually. <laughs> Spoiler! Yeah, there's so much that you don't know. Oh, so much. A ton. Context is helpful. Indeed. So he finds out that all those items are on loan from Stark Industries, and he's like, well, fuck. 
the person who is running Stark Industries now is Tony Stark. He wants his items back, but the choice is, do I want to go and beg Tony Stark to give me my stuff back when, you know, we're not on friendly terms? He's just going to make fun of me. And then I think he, what was it, like months? He, He was going to the Smithsonian for months, and then he was like... At one point, he's just like, I can't take it anymore. I need to. And he, like, marches into Stark Industries. And there's this whole bit where he gets to the front desk and they're like, do you have an appointment? <laughs> and he's like, no, I, I don't. And they're like, well, what's your name? And, and he's like, Steve Rogers. And they're like, like, Captain America? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, can we not talk about it? <laughs> yeah, please. Can I just can I just get upstairs? Humble um, Steve. Humble Steve. So it's it, like a band name. It, de- it does. <laughs> Humble Steve and the Cordettes or something. What was our band name last time? The the Warm and Fuzzies. Oh, the Warm and Fuzzies. Humble Steve and the, the Warm and Fuzzies. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep adding to this title. <laughs> um, so he goes to, goes to Tony, and Tony's actually like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But the stuff in the Smithsonian is all fake. We have the real stuff. Storage. That's storage. Yeah, exactly yeah. so. I'm remembering this thing as you're describing it back to me. Yep, uh huh. I was like, Erin doesn't reread these. Uh-huh. So she, she relies on my summaries. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Tony's real cool about it. He's like, yeah, you want your stuff back? You can have it. And then there's like this whole moment where Tony essentially reveals that Howard Stark idolized Captain America to the point where like he neglected his son. That's definitely a fandom thing. Is it? Um, yeah. It kind, I think it might come from the movies or the comics or something, but like that is a very common trope in this, particularly in like stony fix. <laughs> stony fix? Stony. Oh my god. Yeah. That is the best ship name. No, no, no. Oh, Do no. you know what the best ship name is? Please enlighten me. Captain America, uh-huh. Iron Man, oh, no. and the Hulk. Stark Spangled Banner? <laughs> Stark Spangled Banner. That's incredible. Yeah, I love that. Kudos to whoever first thought that up. Kudos. Yeah, that's my favorite ship name of all time. (laughs) But Stony's pretty good. Right, right. So while Captain America is there, he's talking about this collection of paintings or like fan art he saw online, and he was like, "They're beautifully made and stuff." And he's like, "I wish I could buy them, but I couldn't find the artist." And so Tony, of course, he's like, "Jarvis, find them." Yeah. And Jarvis is like, "Here you go. I found him in like two seconds. Do you know how to use Google, Steve?" He's like, "No." (laughs) What is Google? And he like projects them up, and Tony sees his own, and it has the portal that he went through in Avengers One in the background. And that triggers him and he has like this panic attack and he like rushes out and he's like, I gotta go. I can't be here right now. Captain America's just like waiting for a while and he's like, um, Jarvis, where is he? And Jarvis is like, uh, he's up in his room and I can't, I can't reach him. He's overridden the doors. I can't, like the elevator won't go up there. But Jarvis is like, here, follow these arrows. And then like lighted arrows (laughs) appear on the ground and he's like, follow them up this like back staircase. And like the door was unlocked and it goes and essentially... Tony's talking about how he has these panic attacks about certain things. And hang on, let me find the quote. Because there's something that he says that it's like, of course, the cutest thing. Is it the like, so I was your first thing? <laughs> that sounds totally not. That's not it. You know, it's... Uh, Context is crucial right. to understanding that sentence because <laughs> it's not what you think it is. But I said it for dramatic effect. Right. So it's when... Uh, so Tony's talking about... Uh, explains to Cap after Cap has essentially put an arm around him and let him shake into his shoulder. His very broad shoulder. Chris Evans, who doesn't want to be hurt comforted by like... Honestly. Evans, right? <laughs> oh, God. Chris Evans, if you ever listen to this podcast, uh, please, <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We hope this isn't weird. We're really sorry. Yeah. Um. So he's talking about how uh, Tony is explaining that what was his trigger though? It was the art, and he talks about how he used to have a lot of panic panic attacks when he was a child, but 
he hadn't had them for a few years, but then going through that portal brought them back. And Steve says, oh, so Howard made you tough them out. And Tony is like, no, he would have had to be around for that. I had to deal with them on my own. And Steve says, well, you, you shouldn't have to. Huh. And it's like the kids are like, <laughs> and then he's like, well, I won't be around every time. But, you know, at least for tonight, let me let me stick around. We'll order some pizza or whatnot and yeah, watch movies. Yeah. So that happens. And it's so cute. And then the following week, Cap is like in training or whatnot. And then he gets a text message from Tony where he's like, can't make it through this one on my own. And Steve, like, drops everything and gets on his motorcycle. Because, of course, he rides a motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> and he, like, <gasps> speeds over to New York. Which, by the way, he's living in D.C. and yeah. traveling to New York. And they make it sound like it's a two-hour drive. It's, like, four hours. Uh, it is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a distance. It took me six when I drove it the last time. If you get, you get, traffic. yeah, if you get yeah. cut in traffic, you're fucked. Oh, it was bad. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's very sweet. And he goes again and comforts uh, Tony. And, like, it's so cute because at the end, he leaves or whatnot, and he says, and for the first time in months, he realized it was a Sunday, and he didn't go to the Smithsonian. That was, like, clutching my heart. It was so yeah. sweet. Oh. So, loved all of that. I was fully on board, and then this is the moment. It's the only, like, small gripe I have with the fic, is sure. that it felt like it jumped very quickly into yeah. where, um, oh, sorry, I'm skipping a really big part, too. At some point, after the first comfort... <laughs> Steve uh, goes up to upstate New York to get his stuff and, well, two days afterwards, actually, because he was busy at work. And then he, so I think it's like a Wednesday or something. He shows up and Tony Stark is like waiting for him. And he's like, you must not have really wanted your stuff if it took you two days to come and get it. And Steve was like, "Uh, I have a life. (laughs) I work. He's like, have you just been here the whole time? I'm worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so he's like, I thought you were, you were going to leave with Banner because you had like a project or something. And he's like. No, he didn't need my help afterwards. And, you know, it's like that thing where, like, I see you, Tony. I see you. You're not slick. (laughs) (laughs) And then they go into the storage unit and Cap looks at his stuff. And before he even, like, opens the boxes, he just looks at the stuff in his boxes and he realizes that it's not going to help. Because he's he's nostalgic for his life or his past. And he knows that having these things isn't going to help. Like, it's just things. It doesn't bring back the people that he misses and all of that. Right. So he's like, I think I made a trip for nothing. I I don't want these things. And Tony's like, well... The best hamburgers are, like, two miles away, so at least have a good burger. So they go out and have burgers, and it's the cutest thing in the world. I love a good burger. We love a good burger pick. Burger picks are fantastic. Also, diners. Yes. Oh, my God. I need to add that. Let's be real, though. Like, as friends, Ellen and I talk about this all the time, but dear listeners, we are going to involve you in the truth that is diners are the quintessential American dining experience. Oh, absolutely. And they are the best thing ever. There is nothing that can compare with the comfort of a diner to like pretty much anybody who grew up in America. Mm-hmm. I think it's like such a quintessential like comfort thing. Yeah. And also they're cheap and usually always open. And the portions are huge. The portions are there. Like the diner is always there for you. That is the best part about the diner. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Diners the diner has never let me down. Absolutely. And there's something about being in a diner that just makes you open up to people. Like, you yep. just have the best conversations in cars and in diners. Yep, cars and diners. So, yeah, they have their little fic. And then it's the second comfort where Tony sends a text message and he's like, hey, I can't go through this one by myself. Mm-hmm. And Steve drops everything, gets on his motorcycle and, like, rooms all the way over there. We're going to neglect the distance thing. <laughs> Correct, yeah. It's fan fiction. We're just going to let it go. Suspension of disbelief. Yep. Th- then it gets a little, like, ooh to me where... And I don't even fully understand what happened, but 
I think he's at training with S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Steve is. And then he gets a call to Nick Fury's office. And so he goes and in the elevator, like the elevator is rerouted. And he hears Tony's voice being like, what does he say? Oh, it starts blasting the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Spangled Banner with a plan. That's what it is. I'm which sorry. Which is the song that Steve used to have to dance to. Oh! Because yeah. I don't know if you remember this from the first Captain America movie, but basically when he was first, he first became Captain America, one of the first things that happened was an assassin came to the, like when he was transformed or whatever and shot Dr. Erksine, Erksine, however you pronounce his name, the guy who actually turned him into Captain America. And so the whole project was basically shelved, and they made <laughs> Steve go around selling war bonds, oh. like singing and dancing and being like a showboat for the army. Ugh. And he canonically hated it, and that was his song. And he would always like punch Hitler in the jaw, and that was like his thing. Wow. And he was just like, I really don't like being a goofball in tights for this like bullshit. Right. And that's when he decides to like. He hears that Bucky has been captured and is like, I'm out! And yep. <laughs> goes. Well, Tony plays that on the elevator and, and he knows that it's Tony. And then, like, they start flirting through this elevator intercom. And then Fury also somehow gets in on the intercom and he's like, get a room, you two. And so, like, the elevator's rerouted all the way to the roof where uh, Tony is leaning up against the helicarrier being, like, really cool or whatnot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then day. yeah, and then uh, Tony was like, "I'm doing a grand gesture, like for our first date. I thought it'd be good because a few months have passed by now. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that, but a few months have passed between Second Comfort and now, and they've been like mm-hmm. hanging out more. Yeah. And Tony was like, "So you know, I'm gonna take you for a really great first date." And Steve was like, "I thought the f- the world's best cheeseburger was our first date." And Tony's like, oh, "We've been dating for five months, and you didn't think to tell me," which is a great line. Yeah, they're like, well, "So we'll have a great second date," and it ends. Yeah. And I was like. It just felt, like, very quickly, like, all right, we're going to tie this bow up. I feel like this fic could have either been a little longer and, like, gotten to this point more gradually, mm-hmm. or it should have stopped before this. Because mm-hmm. this is a really cute gesture, but I don't know. It just, it was this really, like, sudden shift in pace, and I was like, oh. It's almost what I would refer to as a button. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and sometimes you don't need the button. Exactly. And that's totally fine. I think it's cute. I think it's a way to like wrap Absolutely. things up. And it's a classic fan fiction Of thing. course. So it's fine, but I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe it wasn't necessary. Exactly. Yeah. Overall, though, so cute. Adorable. Had great moments, great lines. I was there for it. Mm-hmm. I will go back to this. Yay. I enjoyed it. I'm always pleased when you like the things that I do. Yeah. Like, so far, I don't think there's been one that I've been like, yeah. Because I'm the critical one. Absolutely. <laughs> Understood that. Um, yeah, I'd give this, I'd say a good, like, 3.6. Nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it a, a good amount. So let's talk about the one I sent you. Which was Nightmares. Nightmares. Cool. So this one is called Nightmares by Keep Lovin' Anyway on uh, Archive of Our Own, which is actually, like, a name that we can pronounce. So thanks, buddy. Thanks. It is part four of an ongoing work, according to the tags. So I, I don't know if that's just, like, different one-shots or what. Yeah, they're all, like, different one-shots. I didn't read the other ones. I read, um, like, one. Because I started reading these very late last night. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your commitment like, to the fan, to the podcast. Um, I do all of my work at the last minute. That's how I am <laughs> as a person. My mother would be so disappointed to know that nothing has changed. So I'm going to read the summary. Please. Tonight is one of those nights where Phil jerks awake, heart pounding, but Dan is right there, and he calms himself with toast and tea. 
misspelled. Correct. <laughs> T like t-shirt. T as in t-shirt or golf tee. Or tea. golf tee, yeah. Not T as in the drink. It's fine. We'll overlook it. <laughs> it's a night where he stares down at the nightlife, letting himself think about how it hurts, how it is allowed to hurt, how it really is an awful experience for a partner to know that your boyfriend wants to be dead sometimes. Oh, also, trigger warning. Yes. Right now, this fic does deal very specifically with uh, suicidal ideation and like living with a partner who experiences suicidal ideation if that is triggering for you if that's not something you want to listen to right now for any reason you should definitely skip ahead and not listen to this discussion you we will not be offended go listen to other other reviews listen to the next tag yeah go to the next tag because this one gets a little dark and yes we know that's not for everybody right uh continuing the summary phil wakes up from a nightmare in which dan attempts suicide and contemplates how dan's suicidal thoughts have affected him over the years that is a pretty accurate summation of this. Yeah. And it's a little darker than I thought you were going to go, which is fine. Yeah. I just don't typically read suicidal ideation mm-hmm. fix, not because it's particularly triggering for me or anything like that. I just tend to be like, eh, it's more of a bummer than I want. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just wanted gentle suffering. <laughs> um, that said, this is pretty damn well written. Mm-hmm. I cannot read tea. From the beginning, just the. Oh, was it every time? Yeah. Oh, no. This person doesn't know how to spell the word T. It's okay. Yeah. We're going to (laughs) learn. I also don't watch Dan and Phil on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, This is uh, RPF, otherwise known as Real People Fiction, or Real Person Fiction, which we should talk about in a minute. But um, because I don't know them or their work, I had to, like, Google what they looked like, and they... I was like, oh, it's these people on YouTube that I don't like. (laughs) So it was hard for me to get into it because I just... I think it's a little easier for me to, like, get into things that I know a little bit better, which... Fan fiction. But that said, it is really well done. I think this author either has experience with or did a lot of research on what therapy is like mm-hmm. because this is very well handled from a mental health perspective. Yeah. Um, when you're writing about suicide, it's very easy to like make it really over dramatic. But this was very thoughtfully done and very well done, I thought. Yeah. Early on in the fic, Dan sort of reveals to Phil. So Phil is having a nightmare and like reveals that he's had nightmares ever since he was a little kid, but they had kind of come and gone and now he's with Dan and they're together. And at one point after coming home from therapy, Dan had said, I had to sign a contract that I would still come next session. And Phil's like, what do you mean? Is that a normal thing in therapy? And he's like, no, I had to sign it because I have to be alive for the next one. And Phil was like, what? Like basically doesn't say anything, but is like deeply thrown by this as I think anyone would be. Yeah. It's shook. Yeah, it's shook, and they sort of talk it through, and they, like, but Phil starts to have nightmares about Dan dying, basically, Mm -hmm. like, pretty graphic ones about him, like, slitting his wrists and things like that. Oh, T is spelled right right there. There we go. Good job. We get there eventually. Um, (laughs) You know what that's called? Gross. (laughs) What I did like also was that there was a, I always love when fan fictions create fake, like, screen grabs and stuff. Oh, yeah, like iPhones, yeah. Yeah, or like do kind of, they go the extra mile. Yeah. Like make it Uh, so good. And talks about this one incident where Phil was like traveling and Dan has a bad day and is really manipulative. Basically says, I just want to jump out the window. And Phil's like, "Uh, what? Like, don't do that. Like, no, no, no. And Mm -hmm. freaks out. And then Dan is really not. And I think it's like during the holiday season too or something like that. He's with his family. Yeah. So Phil can't get to him. Like he's far away and he's trying to figure out how to get home and how to keep him safe and all that. And Mm -hmm. And then Dan basically is like, no, you're not coming. Like you. I don't want you to come home. Yeah. And Phil's like, I'm coming anyway. And he's like, I'll do it if you come home. 
which is really gross. Yeah. Um, but a thing that could happen, and they talk about how manipulative that was and how it was, like, really un- like unsafe and unhealthy. Yeah. And how they had to work through it, which I kind of actually really appreciated. Yeah. Sometimes, I think because fan fiction is predominantly written by folks on the younger side, although that's mm-hmm. not exclusively true, there is an idolization of some unhealthy relationship behaviors. And in this case, like, Dan didn't really get a pass for that one. Like, they had to work through it. Which exactly. I appreciated a lot because yep. that is a manipulative behavior that, like, would not be okay in real life. So eventually, he's like, it comes back to the present moment where Phil's, like, recovering from having this really awful nightmare of Dan being dead. And he gets up and makes himself some tea and toast. Spelled however you would like. Spelled multiple ways. And then Dan wakes up and is like, wait, you weren't in bed. What happened? So he just kind of, like, snuggles into him on the couch or whatever. Yeah. And they talk, and it's cute. Dan's like, come back to bed. Like, I'm falling asleep. And then they go back to sleep, and it's okay. So it's very short, hurt, comforty. Out of five, I would also say somewhere around the 3.5 mark for mm-hmm. me. It was good. Solid. I probably won't go back to it, but sure. that doesn't mean it was bad. You know what yeah. I mean? So good choice. Thank you. I What really pushed me to choose this one, because I was looking for a long time, was it dealt with something that I feel like is not often, maybe not often dealt with, but often dealt with in this way. And I did read one of, I think the next one in the series, or the one right before this in the series. And the author's talking about how this is their experience. Like they had this relationship where they were with a partner that was suicidal and the other work in the series is also really interesting. Um, essentially, it's also Dan and Phil. And Dan is uh, says, I'm sorry. I, I remember that, like, I've been thinking a lot about this one, like, two-year period where I was just god-awful to you. And mm-hmm. Phil's like, oh, uh, I don't actually know what you're talking about. Or, like, I, I think it was fine. And Dan is like, no, take, take some time and, like, think about it. And it's fine. And Phil starts to remember. And he, like, he would make videos about things that went wrong. Or, like, today you did this. And, like, this is how I felt. And so he went and rewatched that huge catalog of videos because it was a two-year span and mm-hmm. it was cathartic and, like, it it released all the feelings that he had. And he was like, I am angry and I am mm-hmm. sad and I am all of these things, but I love you and, like, someday I'll show you those videos. It's a really interesting look into mental health and not just mental health that is your own, but, like, how, how it can affect other people. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in that. I think what's interesting here is that the... The comfort didn't really necessarily come from Phil. It came from Dan at the very end where he's like, hey, let's yeah. go back to bed. It's so interesting because Dan was like, is the one with the with the suicidal ideation and like is the one who was in the thick, like really not in a good place mentally. And he's the one providing comfort. Yeah. It was just interesting to me. No, that is really interesting. I also think it's kind of great that fanfiction is a safe space in a lot of ways to exactly. deal with some shit. It's one cathartic outlet for people to really process their own lives and their mm-hmm. own stuff that's going on. So I think it's cool that like this author was able to use this as something healthy and cathartic for them. Exactly. So it was a good choice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Can't so. complain. <laughs> you, you do choose good things. Well. Every now and then. Well, I have my mouth. Later, God, I don't like it when you do this. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we gotta have a little drama. A little drama. Just a pinch of drama. <laughs> Great. So let's move on to the next, uh, the AU uh, tag. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which is fake dating. Oh, I love fake dating. It's so, so I love good. fake dating. It's so Fun. Great. Thank you for the theme song. That's how we're doing it every mm-hmm. week. The one you sent me yep. is... Oh, hang on, let me find it. It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It is. It's Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine fic between Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago. It's called 
For You Are My Fate by Lyman's in on Archive of Our Own. Mm-hmm. And the summary says, Amy has had a lot of great ideas in her lifetime. Telling her cousin she's dating Jake Peralta and he'll definitely be attending her destination wedding is not one of them. A.K.A. the one where Amy and Jake pretend to date while pretending they're not really madly in love with each other. That is an accurate summary. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is a correct summary, and I'm here for it, and please tell me you enjoyed it as much as I do. Okay, so... <gasps> I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you That's did. Funny. It's Because I'm not in the Brooklyn Nine-Nine fandom. That's true. Um, I've seen a few episodes, early episodes, too, so before I imagine all of the, like cutesy like flirting and like the tension like started filtering through so i just remember them always not liking each other oh no (laughs) and it 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 was like i was having trouble thinking about it and this fic relies so heavily on the on her ex-boyfriend um teddy teddy her ex-boyfriend teddy and his ex-girlfriend's Sophia. Thank you. I was like, Sophia or Claudia? It's one of those two. Sophia is played by um, Eva Longoria. Is it really? Yeah. <gasps> Did not notice. I yeah. saw the picture and I was like, oh, she's very pretty. She and I like the... Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, she is. I literally watched that show and I'm like, can Andy Samberg pull Eva Longoria? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Well, I mean, he did, but... Yeah. And then it, it didn't end well. So, like, so much of the fic relies on that and, like, their, their past together that I felt like it was a little hard for me to get into it. Sure. I think that is a really good summary. Uh, Amy's cousin, what's her name? Alexa? Alexis or something? Yeah, Alexa. Her and her cousin Alexa have been competing, like, all their life. And, you know, that classic trope um, where Amy got a 3.9 and everyone was like, good for you. And then Alexa comes with her 4.0. And, it, yeah, it's that, essentially, for forever. And then Alexa announces that she's going to get married to Asher. And it's oh like, ugh, There are ugh. some stellar, awful fiancé names, and Asher is top of the list. Absolutely. Yep. No offense if you're named Asher. I'm sure you're no lovely. Name Asher. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ian. Oh, I love a I've good Ian. I've never met a good Ian. I've never met an Ian. That's oh, what I think. Don't. <laughs> and then Alexa announces her engagement, and this was while Amy was dating Teddy, so I... Amy's like, ugh, great. Well, I mean, I'll, at least I'll have someone to go with. Yeah. And so she, like, RSVPs that she's taking a plus one to the destination wedding at Anguilla in the Caribbean. Yeah. And then months later, when she gets the actual invite and she has to book, like, a hotel, she's like, oh, fuck, I no longer have a boyfriend. Yeah. Me and Teddy have broken up. <laughs> it did it's, not work out. Bad news bears. <laughs> yeah, bad news bears. I cannot go alone. Exactly. Because that will be letting Alexa, whatever her name, win. Yeah. And so she she goes to pick out to get the dress for her with the bridesmaids because of course Alexa needs all the is bridesmaids it Alexa always. Or is it Alexa? It's Alexa. Okay, it is Alexa. I actually read it recently. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I really like this one. Said, <laughs> and I do, I do really. That's like great. It. Yeah. So this, like they go, she goes to get the bridesmaid dress with all the bridesmaids, and Alexa's like, can't wait to meet your boyfriend. What's his name? Yeah. And like all the bridesmaids are intensely staring, yeah. and Amy of course panics and it's like, his name's Jake. Like Peralta. Yeah. And so... As you do. As you do. And Amy's like, fuck, now I have to like think of how to tell them we broke up or something. Except when she gets back to the office, Jake is like, why did Alexa, your cousin Alexa, just Facebook message me saying that she can't wait to meet me? Yeah. And Amy was like, well, fuck nuggets. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> and so she like tells him all everything, like she shoves him into some like records room is like this is what's happening and jake's like all right records room is a thing on the show oh good that's where that comes from i'm glad so she tells jake this is what's happened and jake's like all right i'll do it like i'll go free vacation and amy's like you sure 
And they're like, yeah. So they go, and it's it's what everything you would expect. Also, Amy's family is huge. Is yes. that is that canonical? Yes. Jesus Christ. I, at one point, I had to be like, I can't. There's no, I can't remember relationships. It's too much. I need yeah. a map. That's fair. You're like, please send me your Ancestry.com. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah, it was too much. I was like, I don't know who's who, who's married to who, who has children, who's sleeping on whose couch. Yeah. It was a lot. Uh, so that was another portion of the thing. It was just a lot of characters that I didn't know. I couldn't really, That's like, fair. connect. There's a whole bit of, uh, where they go to the beach and it's like, Jake asked if Amy wants him to rub, like, suntan lotion or, like, sunblock on her back. And she's like, uh, yeah. And then they, like, both get boners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then the big thing is, like, they, they kiss and, like, they're... It's about to get down. Like, they're both drunk at a club and they're like, oh, like, this is real. We're gonna, we're like, gonna do this. we're gonna do it. And then he gets dragged away by her brothers because her family loves her, which I love that dynamic. I love a good, like, my fake date... Is yeah. like impresses the family. My mom is so down for me to this person. I love those. That's so good. It's such a good like dramatic tension. Yes, it's absolutely. Because so like no one wants to lie to their mother. And it's one of those things where like your mom can usually tell when you're lying. Yeah. So when if she's like, oh, you guys are so happy together, then you're like, fuck, am I happy? <laughs> um. So they're at this club and like they're very drunk and they kiss and then the brothers drag him away to like do something for like the bachelor party for a second mm-hmm. and she's holding his phone because she's holding both of their phones in her purse and then uh she hears the phone go off in her purse so she grabs it thinking it's hers it's actually jake's and it's a text message from sophia being like hey you're right i miss you so she freaks out and instead of being a normal person and being like hey you just got this message we just kissed can we talk about this she freaks out she's drunk also so i can't blame her but uh, she grabs it she gets in a cab and she's like hyperventilating the the taxi cab driver gives her like a paper bag and she's like <laughs> uh goes into her room and like yeah she like panics uh goes into her room and like sleeps it off or whatnot and then leaves very early the next morning before he's awake and she has this whole existential crisis where like but he was so happy with her and like he was devastated when they broke up so of course he's gonna be he's a longoria she's absolutely oh i forgot and no she she's like still conscious when jake walks into the room that night and he, he finds his phone and checks it and sees that he has the text message and she hears him like call her and be like hey just got your message and then he closes the door to the balcony and she starts to cry of course and yeah. it's like so painful I, I i was like no i'm so sorry baby oh, precious baby. <laughs> but yeah then she like the next day she's like talking to her dad i don't remember who gives her the piece of wisdom older brother, I think. yes you're right it's the older brother who's like really observant and he's like i know that you guys aren't together but he's like, like i am aware that this is all shady because there's always one yeah there's always one. There has to be somebody who picks up on it. He's like, just talk to him. And like, so she goes back into her room and essentially jumps him. And yeah. everything is okay it's after right. that. And then the last mo- the last chapter, I think, is like uh, two years, three years later, they're getting married. And it's yeah. so cute. They're like on a rooftop and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's adorable. A TV, it's a show thing. Oh. Yeah. So I th- like I, I enjoyed the fic, but I felt like it dragged in places that like it didn't necessarily, like there was a lot of mm-hmm. angst that I was like, I don't. It's not necessary. You can treatment. You. Alan! <laughs> the suffering is the best part. No! <laughs> I love a good, like, cutesy moment. And that's oh, where I live. Very, <laughs> very different aesthetics. <laughs> you gravitate towards a different part of the hurt side. Whatever. You are the hurt, I'm the comfort. Exactly! <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just felt like it could have been trimmed a little more for cohesiveness. That's fair. It is quite long. Yeah. It is. I, again, I just feel like I, I, it really detracted from the experience for me because I am not 
super familiar with the tension and like the established relationships and stuff. And so maybe what you should do is go watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> After I don't have to have Depending on how many fanfics you start sending me of Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. I'm going to have to I'm at tell- some point. I'm sending you fanfics of things that you need to watch. Oh, <laughs> so for the next two for the next two episodes, it's going to be a lot more Marvel and a lot more Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, that's what I read. So right. <laughs> So, overall, I'd give this a, a 3.2. Okay. I, I liked it. Well, I'm glad that you didn't, like, hate it. No, I did not. So, let's talk about the one I sent you. The one that you sent me was called That Sounds Fake But Okay, which is, like, kind of the greatest. I, I kind of love, love when that. titles are, like, funny. Uh, <laughs> summary. Oh, it's by Dancing on the Ceiling. And that, again, things I can actually say out loud. Yeah. Thank you for that. The summary is Harry. Oh, it's One Direction. Yeah, it is. RPF. So you sent me multiple RPFs. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't mind RPF. I was pleasantly surprised by this fanfiction. Like, let's put it that way. I also yeah. finished it eight minutes ago. <laughs> um, so the summary is Harry Styles is a rookie journalist forced to work the gossip desk at a major New York magazine. Louis Tomlinson is an is the A list actor who doesn't appreciate Harry or his articles. Louis. Oh, is it Louis? Yes. Well, I read it wrong the whole time. (laughs) There is a you. Louis Tomlinson. Basically, what happens is that Louis Tomlinson is an actor, and he has a kind of shit reputation because he's, like, fairly recently come out and Mm -hmm. been a partier and sort of, like, one-night stands. Yeah, like a party boy. Like, party boy for a while, and his publicists are like, you have to settle down a little bit. Like, we need a little bit of good press. We're going to set you up with a fake boyfriend Mm -hmm. so they go to set him up with this like rising musician cam something or other yeah and they hire new york weekly yeah i think that's what it is is. new york weekly to publish a like a crafted story about them and this is presented as sort of like a thing that happens i don't know if this is a thing that happens in celebrity world presumably it does it happens in a lot of fan fiction i'll let you know when i'm famous yeah (laughs) if you hear about me and alan on some like romantic tryst it's It's definitely 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 for the press (laughs) it is a thousand percent fake so they hire this uh the new york weekly to very specifically cover this blossoming romance story and Mm. harry styles is the reporter who is attached to this contract right harry's like i just want to be a real journalist this is some bullshit like i i went to journalism school to like write about you know like war correspondence and all these real things and now i'm like here writing dribble and i'm like all right chill out you have a job Um, (laughs) in in new york York. yeah (laughs) (laughs) we know priorities shut up um but anyway so he's all grumpy he's trying to get with his co-worker ben and like not being super successful at it and just having a rough time so he goes and writes this like pithy little piece about louis tomlinson and this cam musician guy and when louis reads it he's like this is bullshit like he's so mad he was like yeah i agreed to do this but like he's made me out to be this like uber romantic little like sappy like yeah. pushover and i hate it yeah and so we should mention he has like a, a anger issues yeah he definitely has anger issues so he starts a twitter war with harry styles <laughs> and is like next time you want to write lies about me at least make them good and so his fans start like going after harry and he's just like motherfucker <laughs> like what is this he's freaking out he's like i had eight followers on twitter before this <laughs> As anyone in that situation would freak out. Right. So he kind of retaliates and is like, well, next time give me better material or something like that. Like, he just, they're being sassafras to each other. And so eventually they meet. Cam backs out of the contract. 
So they're like, well, fuck, like, how are we going to solve, his managers are like, how are we going to resolve this situation? We still think you need to fake date. Like, this is still, like, we're kind of up shit's Creek. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if we spin it so that Harry and you have been dating this whole time and the whole Twitter war was, like, an inside joke yeah. gone a little too public? And they're both like, no, absolutely not. We hate <laughs> each other. This is bullshit. We're not doing this. Oh, but like the night before, or at one point they part, like before they reach this point where Cam has backed out. Yeah. Louis and Harry bump into each other at an industry party or an event yes, in a bar somewhere. That's what it is. And Louis gets legitimately sick, like stomach flu, pee yeah. in the back alley, not doing well. And he's like, not going to be able to get home safely. So Harry's like, no, no, I'm truce. Like, I'm taking you home. Yeah, he's like, well, fuck me. Get in the cab. Get in the cab. He's like, puked on four times. Yeah. He's like, this is fine. Poor thing. Um, So he takes him home and like, you know, gets him in bed. Cleans him up. Cleans him up and is like, I'm going to take you. Like, we're at at an impasse. Like, this is not, this is never going to make it to anybody else. Like, I'm sorry you're feeling so poorly. Yeah. And he stays there the night to like make sure that he doesn't drown in his vomit or anything. He's like, I don't want you to, I don't really want you to die. And as he's, he's leaving the next morning and he gets caught by the paparazzi, like leaving his building. And that's why the, his, like the managers are like, well, we have an opportunity. Yeah. Like there's already the Twitter war. So they turn it into, okay, well we're going to fake date for three months Mm -hmm. and they both agree to it. I'll be reluctantly. And then over the course of the fic, of course. they have a lot of banging sex. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they so much sex. So much sex. It's actually really well done. Right? Um, it's actually great. They start off just kind of like friends with benefits kind of thing where mm-hmm. Louie is like, you know, I will prove to you that sex can be meaningless. Yeah. Which is always a fun... It's such thing. a good dynamic. And he's like, I'm romantic, but sure, whatever. Yeah, he's like a little baby, like... Okay. He's like, yeah, but like, <laughs> and Louis is like, no, meeting those one, sh- like, one night Sam. Yeah. So they kind of like get each other off, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, don't really have a relationship, but it totally blossoms into like, oh, for sure. Very quickly. They both get in way over their heads very fast. And uh. then, you know, the people around them can kind of tell that something's wrong, or like some of them can and some of them can't. They meet each other's family. Yeah. Because like, like their closest friends know that they're in this arrangement, so they know that it's yeah. fake. But when they start like fooling around, a few of them are like, wait a minute. <laughs> like the higher up managers don't realize, mm-hmm. but the, like they're like Harry's roommate and friend. Liam and... It's like very clear. He's in the band, right? Yes. So the, Liam is uh, Harry's like roommate. Yeah. And... Niall is uh, Louis' assistant. Yeah. They're both in One Direction. And this must be post Zane's departure. I apparently, because he's not he mentioned it at all. <laughs> and I was like, he's the only one I know. See so. what you missed out on, Zane. Yeah, some Zany. <laughs> like, how many times do you think that man has heard that joke and wants to punch everyone? Oh, a, a, a million times, I'm sure. I'm so sorry. You'll never hear this, but I apologize for what I just said. Twitter and, war starts. <laughs> Twitter war. It's like, please don't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, like, this was very enjoyable. It was very... I love a good slow burn. Yes. And this was... This had some elements of some slow burn, although they did start banging right away, but, yeah. like, the emotional slow burn is almost better than Yeah, it's, like, so burn. gratifying. Yeah, because you're like, oh, sweet honey children. <laughs> you know that you are compatible, but you will not admit it. Yeah. And, like, because, you know, Louis has this this ex, Aiden. Aiden is also a oh. fantastic name for a gross ex yeah. fanfic writer. Correct. Because, have you ever met a good Aiden? Never um, met Aiden. Anyway, um, so Aiden comes along and is, like, a publicist and 
they had, you know, Louis had been with him, like, in a legitimate relationship with him for a long time, but he wasn't out publicly. Yeah. And they broke up because he wasn't willing to come out yeah, publicly. Yeah, because Louis wasn't ready. Yeah, he was like, you know, my career's just taking off, and, like, my publicist wants me to be as neutral, i.e. straight, as possible. Exactly. And Aiden broke up with him because he was like, well, I don't want to be closeted, and this is bullshit. So yep, they broke yep. up, and, you know, ever since then, he had been kind of on this party boy lifestyle or whatever. And then Aiden shows up around and is like, well, I always assumed that if you were going to have a real relationship and be public about it, it would be with me. And Harry punches him. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great because he's like, he shows up and he's like to confront Louis and be like, hey, what the hell? Yeah. And Louis is like, oh, no, no, you got it wrong. It's fake. Yeah. And it's the same night that Louis and Harry had just been texting like, hey, come over at seven. We're going to have sex. Like, not, yeah. no more hand job, blow jobs. It's like actual penetrative sex. Yeah. Well, also... He was like, when are you going to let me kiss you? <gasps> oh, like, that's right. Let me kiss you. And Louis was like, tonight, six o'clock. And he was like, motherfucker. And like showed up. He was like, I am here for this. But, but Aiden beat him to it. Oh, the ultimate kind block. It's anyway. the worst. Yeah. And so yeah. then Aiden like tells Harry like, oh, hey, you don't have to like pretend to be like the caring boyfriend because I know it's cool. Don't worry about it. And of course, by this point, Harry is like, no. Though. Harry's like, I don't want to admit it. But I have stronger feelings for you than just yeah. fake dating and kind of screwing around. And they go to this, like, club, um, and they're all together because Louis can't just hang out with Aiden because then people will be like, what? who is Louis hanging out with without his boyfriend? So Harry goes so that they can hang out. And Aiden gets very, like, handsy with Louis and, like, is grinding up on him on the club and, like, clearly provoking Harry. And that's one of those moments where usually in fanfic, like, the character will be, like, storm out angrily and the other character will follow. Not in this one. Harry literally punches him. And it's the best. It is so satisfying. It's so good. It's so good. And it's well done, too. Because he, like, has this the right reaction, I think. And right, I mean, like, a reaction that I think is really within, fits within the scope of the narrative, where they've set up Harry to be very, like, pacifistic. And he, like, Mm -hmm. the Dalai Lama is his quote. (laughs) His bio quote on Twitter. And then he literally punches a guy in the face and has, like, a moral crisis. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I just done? But I'm also very drunk and very angry. And, like, I have a lot of conflicting feelings. I'm yeah. going to knock over a whole shit ton of plates on my way out because fuck this bouncer who's taking you out. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, we're going to charge this to your boyfriend's car. And he's like, fine, fucking do it. And then he, like, goes out into the alleyway. But Louis is like, what the fuck? Why would you punch someone? Like, I like, did I drive you to this? Did I make a pacifist punch someone in the nose? And he's like, no, I shouldn't have done that. That was really bad behavior. And, like, blah, that was really shitty. And then they, like have more sex um Mm -hmm. that's like the resolution of everything by the end of it louis and harry confess their love for each other whatever and then harry basically they have like one final night together after they've sort of said we're together and it's great yeah and then the next morning harry pieces out like leaves the country yep and i was like what the fuck is this what is this so he like drops everything. he decides that he doesn't want to work for this company anymore because it's like really like a bunch of shit has happened and he's not happy with it so he joins the Peace Corps and goes to Nepal and doesn't tell anyone. So he just, like, up and leaves. And then, the like, literally there's, like, a flash, like, a freeze frame. And then it goes six months later. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, what the fuck? So <laughs> yep. the ending was a little unsatisfying. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so he goes to Nepal and is doing, like, Peace Corps stuff. And then Louis is miserable back at home. And they're like, you need to get over it. Like, you need... To pull through this, like we're gonna do this, we're ha- we're staging an intervention, yep. Harry Vention. Yep, yep. And then they basically inspire to be like, you know what? Fuck it, go after him. Like clearly, you still want this guy. Like yeah. you need closure. We're going to Nepal. So they get on a plane and they go to Nepal and they find Harry and he professes his love for him, like his true love for, like actual, like yeah. I love you. I don't just want to bang you. 
And he's like, really? And then they get back together, and then that's the end of the fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And I was like, guys, this was so good right up until then. So close. Yeah, so, so close. close. So the last chapter was less than stellar for me. But Agreed. overall, it doesn't like... It doesn't lose out too bad. Yeah, it doesn't like mar everything. Yeah, it's fine. So I think this one is a solid like three point eight. This is well written enough that like if you change the names and published it as like a screenplay, it would hundred percent turn into a movie. Oh, for sure. Like Hallmark would snap it. <laughs> Hallmark would snatch it. It would be so good. Do we want to talk about RPF as like a thing? We should. I feel like I didn't even realize that I had chosen RPF. I mean, like, obviously I did, but it was just like, oh, this is such a good fiction. Boom. Sent it your way. Yeah. So, like, I come from band fic primarily. Mm. Like, that was what got me into fan fiction in the first place. For sure. Um, When I was 13, Green Day had just come out with American Idiot. And my little heart went to pitter patter. <laughs> and I read a lot of, like, Green Day, Panic at the Disco, mm-hmm. The Academy is, Fall Out Boy. Wow. So, I think until... I got into Glee. Mm. I was primarily a bandfic person. Yeah. So the idea of RPF being problematic or otherwise weird didn't even occur to me until right. somebody said it later on Tumblr, where it was like, RPF is really problematic. And I was like, everything on Tumblr is problematic. You need to justify your position. <laughs> but they like there is a point to be raised that yeah. like, there is a difference between taking someone's characters and writing new things for them that may or may not be you know, canonical, and taking real people and putting them in fictional situations that may be, you know, contrary to their personalities or Absolutely. their wishes or whatever. So, I don't know. I think it's a complicated question. What do you think about it? I don't have a problem with it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, it's not, it's wrong or whatnot. Because if you look at, uh, there's a lot of things that, so I, I think of like Hamilton, mm-hmm. Lemon Real Miranda's Hamilton. Everyone loves it and like, it's revolutionary and stuff. That's essentially fan fiction. Hamilton RPF. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, he's it taking... Didn't happen that way. Exactly. He took real. real situations, real people, and, like, wrote a narrative around them. Like, mm-hmm. that romanticized it or that, like, made it... Cut out all the ugly parts of, like, the characters that we don't talk about. It's a musical AU. Exactly. American <laughs> 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 Manuel Miranda, that's a hot take. We want you to respond. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter war? So, like, there's a lot of art out there that essentially does this um maybe not all of it is that good but like you look at uh movies or books that are like oh based around like the life of virginia wolf and it's like exactly it's like it's all things that are real and then you change it to become art or entertainment and people don't bat an eye i think where the problem lies is when people obviously fan people fan fiction readers and people who are in fandoms can get a little passionate, a little vocal. A little bit. <laughs> and then you start harassing the people. Yeah. And that's when it gets dicey. And I was like, well, no. There's a point where you have to realize, like, Louis Tomlinson and Harry Styles are never going to be together. Because right. that's that's not the reality. And that's okay. Let them live their lives. And if you like to read these, like, on a Sunday night while you eat a half pint of Ben and Jerry's, then that can be your prerogative. Is that what you do? Uh, no comment. <laughs> But yeah, so I think that's where the problem lies for me is like when yeah. you start, when those lights start blurring for you and like, I don't know what's real and what's not. And like, I'm going to get really angry and like tweet and like all of this, then that gets, that gets rough. And it's also a thing of like, when people don't realize that what you do online matters. Like when you tweet something and you're like, oh, but it's just a tweet. And I was like, well, yeah, but it's like, it's real people. It's, yeah. Someone it's, read that. Like the person involved read that. It has consequences. Yeah. So that's where it get di- gets dicey for me. Is it bad? No, because everyone does it, and that's fine. I'm with you. I think that's a good way of sort of 
parsing through it. I do think it's interesting that there are some celebrities who actively engage in the fan fiction mm-hmm. culture. Right. There is a reality where someone might come across your fan fiction of them. Absolutely. And I think when you engage in that way, when you are a celebrity, like that kind of comes with the territory. Absolutely. Because you become a public figure and it's about the utilization of your public image, not necessarily you as a person. Exactly. But when it does start to negatively impact your life, when people start harassing you, that's when it becomes problematic and... That is deeply unfortunate. Right. That's not cool. But, like, live your RPF life. Right? Absolutely. Like, like, RPF is great. And also, yeah. like, sometimes it just makes for really good content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do I read Chris Evans RPF? 1,000%. <laughs> Would I ever tell him that? No. <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey, Chris but, Evans. Like, something to do? <laughs> right. I, I don't know what I want you to do. Bring Dodger over. I have unclear expectations we definitely need to do fake dating again though because it's such a good trope well yeah that and so i found this other one that was like it was almost perfect like where i was like this is this is it but it was for a fan so a little look behind the curtain we do two episodes at a time and we mm-hmm. choose four fix for the two episodes i had already chosen uh this fandom for one of the other fix for the next episode mm-hmm. And it was the same fan, and I was like, I can't do this, yeah. but it's so good. Yeah. So I have it in my back pocket for whenever we do this again. Cool. Which we will. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I'm again, fake dating is like one of those AUs that is just such a good It's so trip. good. That's a, that's about it. That's, so that's an episode. Yeah, that is an episode. All right, on to the next. Do we do an outro? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>